Hey, you're listening to episode 16 of the Ask a Freelancer podcast. Ask a Freelancer is brought to you by Cushion, a simple forecasting app for freelancers. Cushion gives you a bird's eye view of your schedule and income so you can plan months ahead and reach your financial goals for the year. Learn more about Cushion at cushionapp.com. Let's get to the questions for today's show. Now remember, these are questions that you sent to at app on Twitter and somehow we captured real recordings of you asking those questions. Uh, so here we go. How did you get more and or bigger clients that gave you more job security as a freelancer? So the question is, how did you get more and or bigger clients that gave you more job security as a freelancer? So I want to just start by saying that when I was in high school, I had this fortunate series of events in my junior year where uh, (laughs) I got to go to the prom with the coolest girl in school, a senior girl who actually had this misfortune of having this giant falling out with her boyfriend like a few days before prom and she was stuck. All of her friends had dates. Somehow I was on the periphery enough as a cool kid to somehow be the only person available to take her to prom. And I thought, whoa, this is my moment to shine. I get to go to prom with the coolest girl in school only to find out Uh, that it was a terrible time because I didn't have anything in common with this person. We didn't click. We, you know, she, uh, she's just, just wasn't the one for me. And although it looked super cool on the outside, it was actually a terrible evening. We barely talked and it was awkward and just the worst. Now, the next year I went with a girl that I was dating and although those events are not really my cup of tea, it went much, much better. This girl had a lot in common with me. We had a good time, we were friends and uh, that was a better fit. And uh, what's my point? My point is that those big, stinking clients, the Nikes, the Apples, uh, the cool cat clients, the coolest girls in school might not actually be the best fit for your business. And in my experience, yes, they can. Those bigger clients do a better job of giving you some legitimacy. You know, the bigger clients help you look more pro and help you raise the caliber of how you're seen, your reputation in the industry. But at the end of the day, in terms of real job security, I think it's more about finding the clients that really, really fit with you. The clients where you and them, they need what you've got. And when you find those situations where you're really doing the work that you're cut out for, that you're really delivering grade A value, that's the kind of stuff that gets you repeat business that you can build a freelance foundation on. What are the best resources you could share about getting started with the business side of freelancing? 
Okay, so what are the best resources for getting started on the business side of freelancing? Uh, I can tell you a bunch of resources and I'll give you some of the resources I use for references in business to learn how to do the strategy, the marketing. You know, the basics, the whole getting set up and and, uh, doing your everyday kind of legal stuff. I'm not gonna give you those resources. If you do a quick Google search, you can find all kinds of quick blog posts and and things of that nature that will tell you the exact details of what you need. Now business, the real tricky part is strategy and marketing. And uh, for me, a massive inflection point in my own creative career, my own freelance career, was when I started to dive deep into the business and marketing world. And my, the main thing that I wanna say to you is that you really shouldn't judge a book by its cover and you shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater because business and marketing for the most part is gonna be branded and positioned in such a way that it's probably not gonna be palatable to lots of freelancers out there. And so here's my piece of advice. Go in, take what you want, take the good stuff, leave the bad. It doesn't have to be your exact taste. It doesn't have to be people just like you. If it was, you would be all business person. You would have went to business school and not design school or uh, or whatever it is you went to to become a freelancer. So you need to dive into those waters, become acclimated to the climate and to the temperature of those waters and get comfortable so that you can learn from people that aren't exactly like you. So for me personally, that started with getting some Harvard business books. And I don't mean the textbooks. I mean just the little short snackable books. There's some books out there that they put out uh, in the Harvard Business Review that just have stories about entrepreneurs and business people with some real practical lessons. They all Uh, There's also a Harvard Business Review podcast that has a lot of good stuff on it. For me personally, I like to listen to the Entree Leadership podcast. It's a podcast that uh, started out of the Dave Ramsey company, and they interview lots of authors from business books, creative books, and marketing books. And uh, all there's just tons and tons of good information in terms of strategy and marketing. I also really like the Tim Ferriss podcast. Here's a dude who, uh, you know, may not be your cup of tea, cup of tea uh, personality-wise, but he knows so much about business and marketing. And I'd say the same for Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk might, again, it might not be your cup of tea, but however, I don't know a better marketing book than his book, Jab, 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 Right Hook, where he talks about making content for marketing your business. And so I would check those out. Another really pivotal resource for me has been uh, Michael Hyatt. His book, Platform, was a massive, massive deal for me in terms of building my business and kind of looking at what it takes to get momentum in a really noisy business world. So I highly recommend that. Did the money you make buy back your cell? So the question is, did the money you make buy back your soul? And I didn't know, I don't know if that was directed 
at me particularly or just generally a general question about making money as a freelancer and how you how you feel like you have to trade your soul in order to win and uh, I just felt compelled to hit this question straight on because I think it really uh, has some problems just in the question and I think it's something that would be worth speaking on and here's my main point my main point is that I think that we need to really reclaim the idea of what money is supposed to be in our culture because so many of the narratives that we tell really uh, paint people who earn money uh, and do that well as the villain, as the person that is um, crushing somebody else or doing it in uh, a negative way. Yet, our world and our system across the board works by earning money. And uh, here's how I would like to paint it because I think if you don't paint it this way, it's going to be very difficult to succeed. And I think this is actually accurate. Money is purely a metric that measures the level of value that you are able to deliver. It is how much the world values what you do. And if you can figure out how to deliver and serve real value that matters to people, you should be able to earn a good living doing that. And I think my concern is that if you don't see money in that light, you're not going to ever sell your product effectively. You're never going to succeed because I deeply believe that if you cannot get your full brain on board, on, on making money. If you can't get the lizard brain that just needs to survive, but then also the bigger part of your brain, that actually that human part of your brain, the creative part of your brain, if, you, if that part of your brain is fighting you making money because it's not sold on it, if it doesn't believe that it can be for the greater good, you will not put in your full effort and you need the whole you working for your success or you're not going to put in the time and I think this goes back to even just pure sales is that if you don't believe in the product you're not gonna sell it properly and uh, think about it like this you know when it's allergy season like it is right now I am a big believer in nasal spray because it clears you out and it turns a bad day into a good day and I would be a phenomenal nasal spray salesman because for all the people that are suffering, I believe it's actually a blessing to sell that product to those people. And if you don't believe that people really do need what you're selling, you'll never sell it to its full potential. If you can get into a place where you believe you are doing someone a favor to offer them your service, that is when sales really hit their full potential.
That concludes another episode of Ask a Freelancer. Don't forget to check out Cushion at cushionapp.com. I'm your host, Andy J. Miller. You can find my illustration portfolio and my other podcast, Creative Pep Talk, at www.andyj.pizza. Thanks to Nate Utesh and his band Metavari for the tunes. You can listen to more at soundcloud.com slash Metavari. Send us your freelance questions on Twitter at CushionApp, and it might just get answered in the next episode. Thanks, guys.